Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovation Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, HCI Research Associates Dr. Maria Blevins, Dr. Leandra Hernandez, and Dr. Jessica Polly discuss statistics around the current work-from-home context, challenges of working from home, advice for managers during this time, and general tips to ease the transition. Douglas McGregor's Theory X and Theory Y are brought into the conversation to better understand the importance of the managerial perspective, specifically how it can hinder or support relations with employees. so happy that you have joined us today where we are going to talk about working from home, the unique challenges that 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 brings, and um, some strategies that might help you work from home uh, in this very interesting new work environment that we we find ourselves in. So um, first I want to introduce, I'm uh, Dr. Maria Blevins. I'm an assistant professor at Utah Valley University in the Department of Communication, and I'm here with my two colleagues. Um, Hi, my name is Jessica Powley. I am an assistant professor in the Department of Communication at UVU as well. Hi, all, and I'm Dr. Leandra Hernandez, and I'm also an assistant professor in the Department of Communication at UVU. Great, and we um, want to talk to you a little bit today about how working from home, um, first, the unique challenges that it brings, and then some specific, specific strategies that that can help people work from home, um, both as you're managing people from home and as you yourself are putting together your, your work schedule. And we wanted to approach this for a few reasons. Um, first, all three of us do research um, about organizations and how organizations function. And so we um, think it's really interesting in this moment of change on how that's happening. But um, second, and most importantly, is as um, folks that have been in academia for a while, as graduate students and as professors, a lot of our time was unstructured before we made this switch to um, more working from home. So we miss uh, meeting with our students in person. We miss our faculty meetings. We miss um, interacting with each other on campus. But often academics, the, the um, duties of preparing classes, grading, doing research is a solitary action that we often have worked at home. So we have developed some strategies personally, and we want to share those with you and hopefully, you know, help make this transition to working from home. So um, Leah, do you want to explain a little bit about this moment that we're in and what it's like? Yeah, so let's talk a bit, thank you, Maria, about some of the current statistics that we're finding ourselves with as several of us across the country have moved online. So according to an article written by Kristen Herhold with Clutch, 
Um, nearly half of U.S. workers, 44%, are currently working from home five or more days a week as a result of COVID. And this is up from 17% before the pandemic. Now, perhaps unsurprisingly, there is not a consensus on workers' preferred workspace, right? So almost 40% would prefer to work in an office, but 40% would rather, rather work remotely. So we're seeing a lot of flexibility there in terms of preference. So in terms of the three biggest benefits from working from home, 47% uh, of respondents said they enjoyed not having to commute, 43% said they enjoyed having a more flexible schedule, and 33% enjoyed not having to fully dress up to go into the office. Um, but in terms of challenges, 33% said they had difficulty collaborating with coworkers online. 27% um, stated that they were really struggling with frequent interruptions, not only with technology, but also family, childcare, and pets. And there were issues with sticking to a routine reported by 26%. Now, in terms of the actual types of tools that we can use to help maximize our time at home in the time of COVID, um, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Skype were the three most frequently reported ones with Zoom being the best. So what I'm gonna talk about here first are some of the challenges from working from home. Now, according to an article by Adam Gorlick, who's the Director of Communication at the Stanford Institute for Economic Policy Research, um, Stanford economist Nicholas Bloom stated that our global work from home movement, which originally was intended to maintain output and efficiency during COVID, could actually generate a quote, worldwide productivity slump and also threaten economic growth, end quote. Now, admittedly, I can relate to this because as Maria said earlier, when several of us found out that we would be moving our courses online in such a short time, um, we mourned the loss of our face-to-face -face interactions with our students and with our colleagues. And personally, I felt this um, very deeply because for the past five years, as a result of being a military spouse and frequently moving um, to national and international destinations, I had taught almost exclusively online. So when I first landed my tenure track job at UVU, I thought, all right, I'm back in the classroom. I get to have that normal in-person academic feeling. And then just like that, in one day, we got the announcement from the governor. And next thing you know, um, we're online. So yeah, Jess, Maria, what was that like for y'all? And what are some of the challenges y'all are feeling now as we've moved online? Well, I know for myself, um, it was... It was a challenge to be thrown into that um, realm very suddenly. And then as, you know, as a parent, it was also a matter of kind of managing my child's schedule, making sure that I can still get my, my daily expectations of, of my responsibilities for my classes done. So it was definitely disorienting on many um, levels, but I think that, um, knowing that a lot of other people were also dealing with this really gave me a lot of, um, I guess, relief and faith that we're all in this together, even though we're kind of alone, um, and that perhaps other people would be understanding if we have to kind of pull back on expectations just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I would say uh, I realized how much of the parts of my job that I 
would not have been able to voice that I held really dear, like watching people get that aha moment as they're learning and connecting with a, with a colleague in the hallway, how important they were to me. And so I know I will um, never view my job in the same way. And um, yeah, but on the plus side, I was really excited. I am someone that has quite a commute to my job and I thought, oh, well, there's some time that I won't be spending. And as was mentioned before, the, the change of outfits that are, acceptable and the um uh the the different time and so you know I joke that I'm better rested than I've been in my adult life um since COVID has started in that you know I can use a little more time for sleeping um there have been uh I think it was interesting the timing on a campus April's usually really busy with a lot of really great celebrations and parties and um uh and celebrating the students graduating, celebrating the hard work that's been done over that year. And it was really interesting to have those not happen. And I miss them, but I also was like, wow, this is kind of great that I can, you know, go for a walk during this time. So uh, it, it was, uh, it was a myriad of challenges and blessings, I guess. Yeah. And, and that's a really great point, Maria, because what I thought was funny about this article that we found is that originally back in 2015, Bloom issued reports and statements praising working from home for several of the reasons you just mentioned, right? Um, you know, you can avoid long commutes depending on the office politics. That's one less thing you have to deal with in person. And you can also develop better work-life balance if you don't have to deal with the commuting and all of those other factors. So it's really interesting to see how um, COVID really changed things, right? And just how different it is for all of us, especially in different industries. Mm -hmm. And then I think if you have kids or not, right, it's a really different situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Something that made me think of, um, Leah, you know, what you were just sharing about this bloom statement in 2015 um, and how we have kind of in the past uh, in some ways kind of glorified that option to work from home. Um, and now we are all in it. We're in the thick of it. And uh, many of us are not very happy with it, but you know, something that struck me is some people have a challenge just finding a suitable space to work at home, right? Our home lives are not built necessarily for working to, you know, they're not equipped with the necessary, you know, gadgets and whatnot that we would prefer to have to do our job. And so I think for those individuals who don't have a home office space, right, they kind of started this pandemic, if their option was to work from home, they started five steps behind anybody who might have a designated workspace in their home. And so that was something I was thinking about is, some people might have been prepared for this moment and other people were just entirely not prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been thinking about that too with the, the small things that we don't have, right? Like the printers or the office chairs. Um, and I find myself thinking like, I would, I would really just like to go to campus just to be in that different space for once, right? Or to have the opportunity to go with y'all to a coffee shop, even though now we would have to sit like each at our own individual table, right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, and that, Jess, your point um, reminded me of something else too, about how a lot of organizations weren't really foreseeing this or set up effectively to help employees 
get set up effectively at home, um, particularly for different types of organizations and institutions where it's literally like we're moving online. I won't see you again for the unforeseeable future. And um, I think that raises really significant questions about what the role is of the organization and of management in helping um, employees get set up from home. You know, I have a, I have a friend who is feeling a lot of anxiety because her manager keeps saying, get your 40 hours in still, get your 40 hours in. And then um, my friend is also a manager. And so, you know, she wants to make sure that in this moment, people's jobs will be preserved. But getting, measuring um, your effectiveness as an employee in that 40 hour work week, like we might when we're going to the office, is a little ineffective in this moment. Um, you know, at the office, uh, people will swing by your office and say hi or have a chat or, you know, these are like important moments of bonding that um, is one of the reasons that I am sad about working at home. I'm missing those times that I maybe used to curse uh, where like, I can't get anything done when I go to the office. <laughs> but it, what, what I would do to, you know, like chat away um, a half an hour with, with colleagues right now. So mm-hmm. uh, I think reconceiving our idea of what a 40 hour work week looks like is going to be the first major thing that happens because I think it can be really stressful if we're um, measuring by time right now. Yeah. Cause there's, there's nothing normal about it. Right. And, um, According to the study we had talked about earlier, the four main factors that are making all of this different for everyone who transitioned to a home working space include children, space, privacy, and choice, right? So I I think the choice factor hits so well upon what you were saying, Maria, about how like several of us kind of lamented the idea of having the option to work from home. And now that we're all here, we're like, well, we kind of, we kind of miss each other. Um, Jess, what were your thoughts on the Twitter search that you had done as it relates to space and place? <laughs> yeah, I had some fun. I, I jumped on Twitter. Um, it's a space I really enjoy as an academic because there's so much support. And there's a lot of people who share, you know, their what's what's going on in their daily lives. So I searched Twitter with the hashtag working from home. And there were a myriad of images of um, colleagues you know, like pets um, and children, right? So there's kind of this humor brought into this space where people are joking since they don't have their typical colleagues um, in their home space with them. They're identifying all of these other individuals or beings that make up their space, right? Whether that's pets, children, plants, whatever. So I kind of enjoyed looking through some some images of um, people's colleagues, mostly their pets, um, being cuddly or... Um, you know, being silly or annoying while they're trying to complete their workday, right? And so we have that kind of humor added in. Um, Twitter's also, Twitter users also identify their children as colleagues, like I've said, usually quipping about how like my colleague won't stop asking me for an afternoon snack, right? So these kind of funny moments are being shared to make light of the situation, I think. Um, And then also, you know, Leah, you mentioned space being one of the kind of differences in working from home. A lot of Twitter users are also sharing pictures of their their new, you know, office space or working space. So they'll they'll share a picture of themselves on their patio, right, with the sun coming in. They have this really beautiful um, array of flowers or plants around. Um, 
And then some of them also are, you know, including a beverage in their workspace, right, that might not be typically found in their office space. So we see a lot of flexibility during this time, right? We see these, um, these non-natural things of children's space, privacy and choice that you mentioned, Leah. But I think people are getting really creative about these, these challenges or these differences and addressing them as best as they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what advice would you give first to managers that are managing a team that maybe they don't see every day, uh, some of their typical strategies that they used to work in face-to-face offices um, are different now. Yeah, so, well, like a lot of research just at a very general level points to like regular check-ins, right? So trying to maintain that connection, whether it's um, through virtual means, through email, or also through video calls. But as we know, the influx of Zoom and WebEx and Teams and Skype and everything else can be a blessing uh, and a curse. One of the ones that I thought was really interesting was helping each other maintain some sort of a schedule. And at first, um, I was like, yes, I'm on board. This is a great idea. But Maria, I also thought about what that schedule even look like looks like now in a 40-hour work week um, now that we've transitioned from home. Um, and also you know, setting goals for projects. So maybe it's less about the 40-hour work week and maybe more about the individual things that we have going on. Yeah, I think um, strategies for managers, there's a lot of things that I think can be done. I think about how we really are relying on managers to be a little bit more understanding and empathetic during this time. You know, from a communication perspective, it's really important for us all to be clear in our communication, be clear in our expectations of others. Um, From a managerial perspective, you need to be um, using open communication with the people that you're working with and make sure to check in with them, how are they doing, what struggles are they dealing with, and then maybe ask how they can better support them during this time. Is there anything as a manager I can do for you to make this time a little easier, right? Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about how making sure people understand the channels of communication. So we have so many options. Leah, you talked about how, you know, even just the meeting platform can change. But where are people going to expect to hear from you? Is it going to be email? Is it going to be a phone call? Is it going to be a text? Is it going to be a daily meeting or check-in? And keep that consistent because it can feel really unclear if you're texting one minute, emailing the next, and then a phone call. So um, making sure that people know where to find information and where that's going to be. Um, The other theory that I think is really interesting as I hear about this is Douglas McGregor, uh, the management theory of X and Y. And this really talks about how do we perceive, uh, how do we perceive people and their relationship with work? So, you know, as someone that studies organizational communication, I like to think about work a lot. I like to think about its relationship to my identity and myself. Um, so, uh, with, McGregor postulates that theory X 
makes the assumption that the typical worker doesn't want to work, is trying to get out of work, um, will do anything that they can to do as little as possible. Um, theory Y, on the other hand, assumes that employees are internally motivated, that they enjoy their job, that they work to better themselves. And um, yes, they, of course, are working for a paycheck and that material benefit, but they also enjoy working. And I think um, in this moment, if you are going to manage with that theory X assumption that people are trying to get out of work and you just imagine that your staff are watching Netflix and drinking root beer floats all day long, um, you are, you are probably going to have a tougher time managing them. Um, I know for me and most of my friends, we have talked about how work is actually a really important part of our lives right now. It adds some structure. It adds some new things to think about. Um, it gives us access to things that aren't in our house and things that aren't COVID. So um, I would just keep that in mind and, and think about trusting your employees and assuming that they are doing this not only to make a paycheck, but for some internal reasons. Yeah, you know, Maria, <clears throat> um, the theory why managerial perspective really um, has been on my mind lately. My husband works for an architecture firm and there have been multiple instances over the past few months where I've thought, <clears throat> wow, they really um, take a theory why perspective on managing their employees. And I can give you a couple instances. So one of them was that the leadership team had commented to the entire firm, um, I think this was back in May, how they actually appreciated this new normal, um, specifically seeing colleagues and employees in the midst of their home lives. Um, they were talking about how they appreciate that it's a little bit more personal. Um, and I, I really thought that was lovely, right? That these managers, this leadership team is taking the time to admit to the whole firm that they find it really um, lovely, that they can actually have a little bit more insight to any employee's personal life, right? Um, I think that kind of communication is the kind that we need to have right now because we need to know that, oh, my kid's running around in the background or my dog is barking and it's okay because it's not that big of a deal. We can still get our work done and my leadership team still trusts that I can work with these challenges, right? So I thought that was a really great example of, um, of communication happening from a theory Y perspective. Also, Beyond just communicating that with language, um, my husband's firm um, asked, they've been constantly asking their employees how they're doing, doing some check-ins, collecting questionnaires, but they decided to give all of the employees in the firm a $300 stipend to purchase work from home related equipment. And I just thought that was incredible because you know my husband used it to purchase a second monitor and I think what a great way to actually communicate, um, you know, in a financial sense that you are supporting your employees in this current environment, right? And I recognize that all not, not all companies are able to do that right now, especially with the financial burdens that we're all going through, but there are certainly ways to um, communicate a similar kind of empathy, right? If your firm typically has a Friday once a month where you, um, have like lunch all together and the firm pays for it. If you can't do that because of the constraints of this time, 
maybe the firm can give a $10 gift certificate to every employee um, and just say, hey, why don't we jump on Zoom, order yourself some food, and we can just have a social hour since we can't be together in person, right? That's great, Jess. I mean, the even the idea of like upper levels of management acknowledging that they like seeing each other's home spaces. Like on the one hand, I can see why um, certain individuals in different contexts might not feel comfortable with that. But I also think it could serve as a really powerful way to humanize the employee experience, right? And to also help remind the organization that, you know, people have families and pets and lives and other um, very important things that impact their day-to-day, right? And the other thing that really struck is I, I really love that story of your husband's firm supporting materially the switch to working at home, but do not underestimate what a small gesture of thanks and an acknowledgement of how stressful this moment is to your employees. Uh, you know, I, um, I mean, I'll just share this UVU sent out a little letter and, and a small gift card to spend at the university. Um, saying that, hey, a student said that you made this transition easier. And I could not believe how much that impacted me. It brought me to tears, right? Because I had felt like I had worked so hard to get my um, stuff online. And it a little bit felt like no one saw it or acknowledged it or cared what I was doing. Um, I felt like I hadn't I compared it to when I wrote my dissertation and worked at the same time. That's like how hard I thought I was working. And it just felt like I was at home working and working. And that's small. It is, I think the letter, even without the gift card would have probably the same effect, but acknowledge that people are working really hard and in these really different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. So Experts, you have worked um, from home. You've been sort of intrinsically motivated for a long time through your bachelor's, master's, PhDs, and now as professors, um, you're both prolific and amazing in what you get done every day. So talk to me about how you organize your work strategies. How do you get things done when there isn't necessarily um, those external factors of an office? Oh man, for, for me, schedule is critical. Like Y'all know me, right? I'm super segmented and and I've told y'all this before, but one of the things I was looking forward to most this summer at the beginning of the spring semester was us having the chance to get together at coffee shops <laughs> this summer and work. Um, and I had a really rough transition online and Jess, I'm sure you could relate as we both moved into new homes during the COVID online transition. Um, but yeah, for me, schedule and segmentation is critical, right? Like I tell myself, I'm going to work for these amount of hours. I'm going to spend this time calling my family. And then I'm going to spend this time going to the gym because if I don't do that, 12 hours will go by and I'll just sit there and think what happened today? So yeah, for me, schedule is pretty much the biggest thing. I can share that. Um, you know, I think schedule is the the foundation of making sure you feel prepared for a day of work or a day of anything, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, In relation to schedule, I would say work when it suits you. And I think, you know, as academics, we've almost gone through a really rough training to figure that out. I have friends who wake up at 5 a.m. and they start working immediately. I know other people who prefer to work in the afternoon and some people prefer to work late at night, right? That's when you're feeling 
like those juices are really flowing. So I think learning and figuring out during this time of increased flexibility, if you can, when are you best prepared and, and most ready to do your best work, right? If you have that option to be flexible in your time and you don't, you're not no longer um, constrained between eight and five, you know, why not have some fun with that and figure out when you work best? Um, I'd also say my second um, tip would be don't overschedule, right? And I say that coming from, a, you know, I'm, I'm a parent. Um, a lot of times it's easy for me. I'm a planner, so I like to fill up my schedule and stick kind of like Leah to like a very careful check checkbox, get everything done. But then there are days that my kid gets sick or maybe there's like a last minute request from my department chair. I think it's very smart to build in flexibility. So don't schedule your whole day. Make sure there are times that you give that maybe is just wiggle room or breaks or whatever you wanna call them so that in case something else needs to slip in or you need to remove something from your schedule, it doesn't completely throw you off for the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I would recommend, um, Again, moving away from that idea of a 40-hour work week, um, maybe meeting with your team Monday morning. That's the first thing that you do. And talk about what deliverables do we want out for this week. So um, I start my Monday morning um, just sort of brain dumping anything I want done onto my, uh, my to-do list that is it spans the entire week that fits into a bigger to-do list that is monthly that fits into a bigger to-do list that is um, quarterly. Right. And so I have the goal of getting project X done. Um, well, I know that that's going to mean doing 10 interviews this week, getting those transcriptions sent off, getting, so I, I, once I understand the things that I want done, I break those into smaller chunks that might feel a little more manageable. Um, I try the chunks to be, um, not more than 25 minutes. So another system that has really changed um, the way that I work is called the Palmadero method. I believe that I'm saying that right, but that means egg timer in Italy, Italian. And so I set a time for 25 minutes. I concentrate on one thing for that 25 minutes. So it doesn't matter what emails come in, what phone calls come in. When that timer is set, I'm only doing that. And then I take a five minute break and I will try to do four of those sets on one task. And that's about as much as I can do. I mean, the brain can't concentrate, especially on something high intense like writing or doing a budget for, for much longer than that. So, you know, breaking that time up, breaking your tasks up as manageably as possible. And then at the end of the week, well, I mean, we have Friday here and I happen to be sitting right next to my schedule. And you can see that, hey, I have some good check marks. I have some lists. And then at the top of that, I have a research proposal that Leah and I have been working on since February that it just jumps to the next week every every single time. <laughs> but someday that's going to be, I think we're very close to having that crossed off. So just thinking about what are the deliverables you want? And then for me, this physical affirmation, and I, um, I left my normal scheduling notebook. I've been um, at someone else's house for, for COVID. I've been at my parents' house caretaking for them. And um, I, I will keep these pieces of paper as my COVID things to do journal because it feels like I really did something. Absolutely. And you know, Maria, your point reminds me of how important it is, I think, to frame this all from a position of grace, right? And I say that partially to remind myself, but also just 
to keep it on our radar about how we are in the midst of working online during a global pandemic, right? And I remember when we first transitioned online and I was trying to get everything figured out and I was getting really anxious and really stressed. And it's like, okay, grace is the name of the game. Grace is the name of the game, right? Because we really are doing the best we can with what we have. And I keep hearing this in, in greater conversations, but we're not, we have not transitioned to working from home. We have transitioned from, to working in crisis. So remembering that, that at the core of this is not our organizations making a decision to work in a really different way. It was an immediate switch. Um, so we had none of that planning. We did not get to create the space. We have not been able to figure out childcare. Um, so I love that, that point of doing this with grace. For yeah. ourselves and for others. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the last piece of advice I would give is, you know, I I miss my coworkers. You can see by this podcast, I'm lucky to work with the greatest people. Um, and so it feels kind of strange to give folks a call that are maybe acquaintances from work, but it makes sense that you miss them. So, you know, maybe find a thinly veiled excuse or maybe just call and say, I miss you. I, you know, we usually eat our lunch together at the same time as we warm up in the microwave. And I miss those like 10 minute howdies. And so, um, I don't think that there, it is not weird to need that interaction or to miss those people that you work with. So reach out to them. Definitely. I love it. Any other pieces of advice? All right. Well, this has been super fun and thanks for sharing your tips on time management and just sharing, sharing your time and knowledge today. And thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.